0: Hey, I'm Brent Falker, and this is Walk On, a podcast to help you take your next step in your faith journey with Christ. Orange juice, the iconic breakfast beverage. You can walk down the grocery store aisle and find dozens of brands insinuating that their juice is fresh squeezed from the best oranges. But did you know that despite what it says on the label, your orange juice isn't exactly squeezed fresh from an orange? I discovered this several years ago when I took a trip to Mexico. And one breakfast, I was served a glass of orange juice. This orange juice was different from what I was used to drinking back home. It looked a little different. The liquid was a little more transparent and not as orange. And then I took a taste and it was delicious. And I I wondered, man, what brand is this? I need to get this when I get back home. Well, I discovered that it wasn't a brand at all. It was literally the juice of an orange that was squeezed earlier that morning. So what's the big difference between this juice that I drank on my trip in Mexico and the juice that I was used to having at home? Well, when it comes to store-bought orange juice, even though the packaging suggests that it's straight from an orange, the reality is that it goes through several processes before it gets to your glass. You see, oranges have a growing season, and they're harvested and juiced. But since the demand for orange juice is year-round, manufacturers store millions of gallons of juice in massive tanks. In order to preserve the juice and keep it from being fermented, they remove all of the oxygen. Now, while that preserves the juice, it also removes the flavor. So what comes out of those tanks is year-old flavorless liquid. So the manufacturers have to add in chemicals back into the juice to try to recreate the flavor. Now, these manufacturers do massive research to find out what flavor combinations consumers like best. So, the flavor of your OJ is actually what someone thinks you want it to taste like and not what a fresh squeezed orange really tastes like. Now, I'm not trying to expose the orange juice industry or anything like that, but I'm saying all this because I think many of us face similar situations when it comes to our faith. We put a lot of energy into manufacturing actions and things that we believe will gain the approval of God and the approval of others. Right? We change the way we dress. We change the way we talk. We change the things we do. We act one way in church, one way at work, one way with family, all to manufacture an identity that deep down we know really isn't on the inside. And it's a ton of effort, a ton of work. And we do it because we think that this is what God wants from us. We think this is the kind of things that he wants us to do with our life. And we want others to think that we're good Christians and that we're super spiritual. And all these motivations drive us to do all this effort and work to try to perform in a certain way, to try to earn God's favor, to try to show uh, that we are devoted. But what if God doesn't want it to be that way? What if a relationship with him could be something more? What if instead of doing all these things to earn God's favor and prove our worth to him, what if faith instead is more about being transformed into God's presence and then letting everything else flow out of that? Since we're talking about oranges, let me talk a little bit about fruit. In Galatians chapter 5, there's a pretty well-known verse of Scripture about fruit, the fruit of the Spirit. Paul writes that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Now, that's a list of some pretty good things. And I imagine even if you're not a Christian, those are virtues that you would elevate But here's where I've seen myself and others misunderstand what God intends with this fruit. Sometimes we see this list as a list of things that we're supposed to do or virtues that we're supposed to replicate in our lives, right? We say, well, I know I should be loving. I know I should be patient and kind and self-controlled. So I grit my teeth, I muster up my strength, and I try to do loving things and patient things and kind and self-controlled things. But the problem is that's manufacturing fruit. Or, or maybe we pick one aspect and say, man, I need that in my life, right? I say, man, my life is in chaos and I need peace. So we focus on creating a peaceful environment and we carve out distractions and, and put all this energy into creating peace around us. But then there's always some kind of distraction or some unexpected noise that pops up and all the effort that you put in to create a peaceful environment has now just ended up in more stress. When we focus and try to produce one kind of fruit in our lives, that's manufacturing fruit. The problem is that doing something is not necessarily the same as being something. I can do kind things, but not necessarily be kind earlier this summer my family took a vacation and uh, we got uh, off the airplane and went to the um, counter to pick up our rental car and there was a huge line and we were towing our luggage behind us the kids were cranky and impatient i was tired and hungry and the line was just inching along so slowly And finally, it got to be my turn. I go up to the counter, and the worker at the counter looks at me and says, Hey, can I have just a minute? And as he's stepping away, I say, Yeah, no problem. But on the inside, I was furious. I was thinking, what could possibly be more important than getting me my rental car? I just want to get out of here and get on with my vacation. Can you just stay here for one more minute and get me through and then you can take your break? And I was so furious, right? And so on the outside, I I did a kind thing. I, I said kind words in a kind tone, but I was not being kind on the inside. In the right conditions, we can all muster up enough energy to do certain things, but the real test is what comes out when we're squeezed. When the pressure is on, when the stress is high, what comes out of us? In addition to the fruit of the Spirit, Paul writes in this chapter in Galatians that there's another type of fruit that we produce. It's the fruit of self, or he calls it the works of flesh. These are things that we naturally produce on our own. There's no effort needed. They just come out of us effortlessly. And this fruit of self or these works of flesh fall basically into two different categories. One is the category I'll call personal gratification. In other words, it's I do what I want. It feels good. This is what I want to do. So I do it. The other category is the category of relational superiority, it's just this aspect that, well, I, I'm just a little bit better than you. I'm a little more deserving than you. And so then these things flow out of that. And so we indulge in what we want and what feels good. And that produces things that Paul lists like sexual immorality, sensuality, drunkenness, impurity. And then we see ourselves as better or more deserving than others And that creates things that Paul lists like rivalries and divisions and dissension and factions. And then when we don't get what we want or what we think we deserve, it produces things that Paul lists such as jealousy, fits of anger, envy, strife, etc. You see, the, the works of the flesh, the fruits of our flesh are things that just flow out of those two categories, trying to get what we want, what feels good to us. And thinking that we deserve a little bit more than the person next to us. Now, the interesting thing is when we try to manufacture the fruits of the Spirit, when we try to, in our own effort, produce love and joy and peace and kindness and self-control and all those things, when we do that in our own effort, it eventually manifests itself into a fruit of self, a, a work of flesh. Right? You, you want to test this theory? Just try to be patient. Go ahead. Just try. You can try as much as you want to be patient, but soon you're going to start checking your watch. And then and then your foot will start tapping. And then you'll sigh loudly. And those thoughts will pop in your head. I wish they would just hurry up. Come on, what's taking so long? And before you know it, your effort to try to produce patience ends in anger. And those of us that struggle with addictions, you know, this is true as well, right? You can try to be self-controlled. You can say, I'm not going to do this again. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do this. And then when the stress or pressure or the right trigger happens, ah, you did it again. You see self-control on your own strength always ends up In drunkenness, impurity, sexual immorality, or whatever your struggle may be. We cannot produce the fruits of the spirit on our own effort and our own strength. They always end up as fruits of ourself. It's a reason that Paul calls them fruits of the spirit. These are not things that we can manufacture on our own. These are not things that we have to do to earn God's favor. No, these are outcomes of God's presence inside of us. It's fruits of the Spirit. And when the Spirit of God fills you, it transforms you. And these are the things that naturally flow out of that. In this section of Scripture in Galatians 5, that Paul talks about the fruits of the Spirit and the works of the flesh, there's it's bookended by these two phrases, these two instructions. And these are the instructions. Paul says, Walk by the Spirit. And he ends it by saying, Live by the Spirit. Let us keep in step with the Spirit. You see, only God's presence can produce fruit in us. It's not something that we can manufacture on our own. When we try to manufacture it on our own, it always ends in something less desirable. But only God's presence. Can bring that out in us. Jesus hints at this in John chapter 15. He talks about this metaphor of the vine and branches. He says, remain in me. Or some translations say, dwell in me or abide in me. Remain in me and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it's severed from the vine and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit, for apart from me, you can do nothing. Now, let me clarify you can do lots of things. You can do all kinds of activity. You can put forth all kinds of effort to try to get what you think you need. You can try to put all this energy and effort to try to produce these things that you want in your life. You can grit your teeth and you can muster all your strength. But the true change, true impact, true love and joy and peace and self-control can only be found in Jesus's presence in your life. Apart from him, we can do nothing. So faith in Christ isn't about putting forth all this effort to do these things, to earn God's favor. It's not about putting forth all this effort to try to live a certain way and to act certain ways and do this and don't do that. No, in fact, the only effort that we need to put forth is to surrender. In John chapter 12, verse 24, Jesus foreshadows his death, but also sets a precedent for his followers He says, truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. You see, when we daily surrender our hearts and our will to Jesus, when we seek his presence and remain in him, then what God produces in us will be fresh, vibrant, life-giving fruit Things like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And I know I experience this in my own life. When I see my focus begin to shift onto myself, onto my own wants and desires and away from God, I start seeing this fruit of self pop up. And the things that I truly want, the love and joy and peace that that I think I have to work to strive for, I find those slipping away. and Instead, I find anger and jealousy and envy and frustration popping up in my life. But when I'm intentional about daily surrendering my will and placing my focus on being in God's presence, then I tend to see things change and I see other things produced in my life. Life-giving fruit, like love and joy and peace and patience, the fruit of the Spirit. And so faith is not about working hard to produce a certain kind of thing to earn God's favor. It's actually about surrendering your heart and letting God transform you from the inside out and produce the kind of things that He wants to produce in your life, the fruits of the Spirit. Now, one last thought about fruit. Fruit isn't just for me. The fruit that God produces in your life is fruit of the Spirit. It's not just for you. You see, what's the purpose of fruit? Why why do plants produce fruit in the first place? Every piece of fruit contains a seed. You see, fruit is about reproduction. It's how a species of a tree spreads and grows. And the fruit that the Holy Spirit produces in your life, it's not just for you. It's one of the ways that the gospel is spread throughout the world. It's the relational connection that allows you the ability to share the good news of who Jesus is and what he has done for you. And so as you and I seek God, as we surrender our hearts to him, as we walk in the Spirit and remain in him, then it will be through our lives that God extends His love and goodness and peace with a world that so desperately seeks those things. And so may you experience the life-giving, fresh fruit of the Spirit that comes when we cease effort to try to manufacture those in our own life we simply surrender our hearts and our will to God and we remain in Him. Hey, thanks for joining me for another episode. I hope this encouraged and challenged you to take your next step in your faith journey with Christ. If this episode has been encouraging to you and you want others to experience that, the best way to do that is to share it with others. And you can also comment or rate this podcast uh, and it will ensure that other people will be able to encounter it as well. Thanks so much. May we walk on.